Podcasting from a sex writing cave from somewhere in the middle of the internet, this is The Smutlancer, a weekly podcast where we discuss creating content about sex and getting paid to do it. The Smutlancer podcast is hosted by me, Kayla Lords, and Molly Moore. We're two sex bloggers who have more ideas than time in the day. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. The Smut Lancer podcast is produced weekly, except during those times when we finally admit we need a break. Show notes are found at thesmutlancer.com. When you're ready to take your smut lancing career to a new level, join the Smut Lancers community on Patreon. For as little as $5 per month, you can ask questions, get answers, and interact with an entire community of other people who do what you do and want to get paid to do it too. Head to patreon.com slash thesmutlancers to learn more. Hello, everybody. Kayla Lords, one half of the Smut Lancers, back finally with my good friend and best work wife, Molly Moore. Hi, Molly. How are you? I am good, thank you. Yay. Yeah, how are you? I'm here. <laughs> Where? Oh, yeah. Yep, it's one of those. Well, and I've been complaining a lot in past episodes uh, and certainly all over social media uh, that I'm tired. I think we're all tired. I think the whole world is tired. <sighs> Um, We are time traveling again, so I'm tired in mid to late October, and this episode comes out uh, ideally the day before the U.S. election. I'm pretty sure we'll all be even more exhausted by (sighs) then. Uh (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, just so you know, if I sound super cheerful when you're finally listening to this, it's because I don't know what the election results are yet. (laughs) And we're in a bit of a time warp as well because the clocks changed here last night. And so, as a result, Kayla was ready an hour ago. I know, yeah. Mm, We're really, it's definitely a wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey thing for sure right now. Uh Uh-huh. So, yeah. Okay, just coughing all over the place. I promise I'm fine. I've just been talking too much. Okay, so this week's episode is actually something that somebody kind of asked us in passing ages ago, and we went, oh, that's actually a really good idea. We should jot that down. Um, And their question was specific to Twitter, but we're going to kind of talk about it in terms of any social media account, so Instagram, Facebook, whatever, and that is how to actually manage and run multiples of a social media account, you know, multiple Twitter accounts, multiple Facebook pages, whatever. um, Yeah. And do it without constantly posting to the wrong one or, (laughs) or using the right voice for the, the account that you're managing and running Uh at that point. And um, it was funny because when we were asked this question initially, I was like, well, I'd really like to know the answer to that, too, because I <laughs> I feel like I struggle with it every day. Um, <laughs> so I'm not sure how many answers we're giving, but we are absolutely going to share our experience and mistakes we've made and tools we use to try to navigate this. So let's start first about why you might be managing multiple social media accounts. Uh, Molly and I have a very similar experience with this. Um, basically, there's our personal accounts. There's then the uh, social media we create for other projects. Obscene Ideas has its own social media. Smut Lancers has its own social media. Loving BDSM has its own social media. Uh, the Kinkery, which is John Brownstone's new shop that I manage, it has its own social media. And then we have client work. Those clients have their own social media and they have hired us to manage it for them. Um, 
then there's personal things. Like I have two personal Instagrams because clearly I have issues with, you know, wanting to make uh-huh. new things. Uh, are, what are some other reasons that, that come to mind for you, Molly, or in your experience, why you might have be dealing with multiple Twitter accounts or multiple Instagrams? I feel like you've covered all of them. I can't think of another reason. I mean, obviously on Instagram, I have my account and I actually have a backup account to my account so that adds to another one I don't do much there it just kind of sits there in case Instagram decides that my main account should disappear because Instagram does shit like that um uh different memes blogging memes are starting to have their own true which I guess I guess is is projects that you run true so I feel like with that so that's yeah if you have um a meme you may have uh an account or a Twitter account, Facebook, whatever your platform of choice is, or possibly all of them, um, have a space for that. But I guess I felt like that come under other Maybe projects. Maybe so. And, and it's it's funny. I did not do that with Masturbation Monday because this was... No. And it was before I had all of the accounts I'm currently running right now. But I was like, oh, oh gosh. Uh, no, that's, that's one too many. And, you know, me of now <laughs> laughs at yeah. me of then you know it's yeah. like wait that was yeah too many. well i haven't done that for mine either um for various reasons but simply that as well and also getting the usernames for some of them was tricky and i was just like oh I could, like it can all come under my stuff mm-hmm. um and i've kept it that way so i i have no real opinion on whether that's the right i think whatever it feels right or wrong for you mm-hmm. um I think if you're starting a kind of really separate project, then yes. But I guess those memes kind of came along and evolved kind of alongside me. Mm-hmm. So they just have stayed under my name. Yeah, I, I remember feeling like with Masturbation Monday 100 years ago when I started that one. It's not live. If any, if you're new around here, don't know. It doesn't. It exists. It's just not being updated. I felt like that was a, that was my project. That was... I wasn't yeah. thinking yet in terms of my brand, like that was not even part of my thought uh-huh. process, but it yeah. was, it was for me, I think because it was mine today, I would describe that as that's do it of, differently. Well, I actually would not do a Twitter account for Masturbation Monday now. Um, uh, interesting. I, See, I think I would keep on. it as my, to me, I, I would not have said this five years ago, 10 years ago, however, however long, how long ago, seven years ago. I don't know. However long I started it. Um, I would not have called it part of my brand, but I look at it now, it's part of my brand. So my brand mm-hmm. is Kayla Lords. And so I would, for me, this is no judgment for anybody who makes a different decision. For me, it would stay with me. It would just be Kayla Lords and would come under all of that. Um, right. As opposed to separating it out. But yeah. but that's because I do now think of it as part of my brand. Uh, yeah. That's not how I started. Yeah. I think if I was doing it now, I think I, I Simple Sunday definitely would, I probably wouldn't, but maybe with Kink of the Week, especially as that was a project that um, I inherited from um, another blogger, Pieces of Jade, um, maybe I might there have done separate and seen, it would have been interesting actually to have one separate and one as mine and seen if there was some evolutionary difference that happens as a result of them like could they somehow reach different people i don't know that's all theoretical but that might be something that i might have done but yeah they're too old and they are where they are now and so that's fine yeah no and also 
I think we both agreed when we were prepping for this uh, recording, we already have too many to manage. There's no need to add any more if we don't have to. Uh huh. So um, the whys that you might do it, I think, are not just because you have projects or because you're you're managing. I think it also does come down to one of the things I think of is, do I want this thing, whether it's a blog meme or it's a brand new project or it's a whatever, do I want something that has its own distinct voice? I have two personal yeah. Instagram accounts because on my main Instagram, Kinky Kayla Lords, I like to, I'll take selfies when I do my makeup and I like to take selfies of my butt because it's a, a feature of mine I really enjoy and I have an exhibitionist side. And I'll, yeah. and she's got some great, great knickers. Because I know I'm going, like, the decision now is not just, is it comfortable? How does it look on my ass? It's also, will it photograph well? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I do, every once in a while, post something different. And I like to talk about, you know, if I've got a sex toy to review or whatever, I'll post it there. But there, are, I have other interests that are not, um, that are beyond the sexy, fun, kinky, let's be that person and I wanted a place where I could just talk about the books I'm reading or just talk about the crafts I'm doing or whatever. And so I set up a separate Instagram, uh, which is not difficult, but it does take some maneuvering because you need a separate email address. And all of the email addresses I have are associated with other Instagrams because those are project driven. And so it was I had to make a separate email that I never check just for uh-huh. that. It's, I made it yeah. super complicated, I guess. But so... I did that not because it, it's not even meant to be about making money. It's just a, to be a place where it separates this thing I really enjoy doing from the other stuff that is still enjoyable and it's personal, but it is also part of my brand. It is, you know, yeah. there's, and to give myself that separation, like my, uh, my book uh, related um, Instagram, Kayla Lords Reads, if anybody gives a crap. Uh, I also follow like Pitbull Rescues and I follow local animal shelters. And, you know, like I've really curated it to be this place where I actually go to get away from all of my yeah. branded business, yeah. you know, smut lancing life. Yeah. And so I did it for yeah. that too. Um, the thing about that is when you do something like that, then it, that's much more relaxed and chill. If I don't post there for several days, I don't really freak out. It's fine. But if I have all these other things that are supposed to drive the brand, whichever brand mm-hmm. they're associated with, I am freaking out if I'm not, if I've gone like two weeks and I haven't mm-hmm. posted. So that's another reason that you might have multiple accounts. So the one of the, the questions I think that started this conversation um, that we happened to see online was, well, how do you maintain a different voice for each? Because if you've created five Twitter accounts that those are five separate entities, even if it's all you that you're trying to, I guess, reach in my view, you would be trying to reach a specific type of audience, but that's why you have these separate accounts or you're doing client work of social media management. So they have their own voice and branding. And then you have your personal and how do you keep that separate? How do you maintain a different voice for each Molly? What, what are some of your thoughts on that? How do you do that? Um, so when it comes to brands that not mine, so but people that I work for, um, I think one one of the things is to actually really take some time to familiarize yourself with the brand and what they what kind of voice they have. So potentially they may already have had and in most cases have previously got you know 
whatever, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, da-da-da, and to definitely take time and look back at what they've done there and how they sound um, and try and pick that up as best you can. Also, um, certainly one of my clients, when I started work for them, they actually had a brand document for social media that they had written. Um, And if that's the case, like, study that thing. (laughs) Like, I really can't recommend that enough. Study that thing. Um, And if there's holes in it which they haven't covered, ask those questions. So, you know, you want to know what they want you to... I'm going to say sound like, but because I can't think of a better word, really. But um, And potentially things that they're comfortable tweeting about or potentially retweeting. Um. And if that isn't covered, if if you've taken on a gig and they haven't told you those things, then you absolutely should ask those questions and sit down and have that conversation with them um, to gather as much information from them about how they see what they're comfortable with. Um, f- not just about t- tweeting or whatever I'm using tweeting, but whether that's Instagram, da 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 da. But you also want to be absolutely clear, for example, what does a brand want you to do about complaints? What do they want you to do about DMs? What is the reply to somebody DMing saying, I bought a dum-de-dum and it's broken? Like, what are you supposed to reply to that? And so all those things you need to know. And often brands haven't thought about that, about what they want you to reply. Um, And so, you know, do you just direct those people to a customer service email? Are you supposed to help them in some way? If you are, how do you pass that information on to who would actually deal with it within the company? Um, So all those things are important for you to think through. And if they haven't told you them to ask them, what should you do in this situation? And I think that's one thing I would super recommend is to ask people that you're working for. So if something crops up that's not covered, to make sure you have a point of contact in that company where you can then go to that person and say, so this thing has cropped up on Facebook and uh, uh, what would you like me to reply? Like, should I send them to a different email address? Da, 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 da. So also make sure that you are have that contact, like you have established with the company who is that person that you would refer anything to that you are not sure about. Um and usually I find with all my gigs like that over time, you are, you're you asking less because you learn, because you're picking up and then you know what to answer and da, 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 da. But there still will be things that crop up where you'll be like, hmm, going to just double check uh, because it covers you um, because then you've asked, you've said, so so-and-so has said this. I think this is what we should respond, but are you comfortable with that? Um because then that other person has basically said, if they're there and say yes, and then there's some kind of kickback from that, you can be like, oh, okay, but you didn't just like go and do a thing. Um, so yeah, those I think that's really important when you're working for a brand. Um, when it comes to separating your own voices for different projects, I find that really hard to do. And I think I'm quite like me everywhere where I go. <laughs> I mean, same. I think I'm getting a little bit better kind of at it being a little bit separate and not just me in all of these different iterations, but it's been a really slow process to get there. So I think one of the things that really helps actually 
is the content that you create to go in that space mm. can actually really help with those with that kind of development of a voice because um you know clearly my own um social media accounts are you know whatever i personally create um but in like for, let's use obscene ideas for an example this episode is have... sponsored by obscene ideas bye. please go to obsceneideas.com <laughs> buy our prompt workbook thank you we love you bye okay <laughs> we're just taking a short break for an advertisement perhaps we should like have a little jingle thing and we totally I don't know. Should. anyway we totally should <laughs> This is how we this is how we roll. We just say things and then we're like, oh, that's a really good idea. Let's do that. Um, this is welcome to life with Kayla and Molly. Um, it's a fucking roller coaster, I'll tell you that. Um I, now I'm we were talking about story. how you differentiate with obscene ideas. Oh, yes. So I, the content that we have created around that project is developing its voice. As a result, so like the little the ideas that we've had, like the ad lib type thing that we we've done, that those kinds of things have have developed that voice and will do more so as we go on. I think, and that like that helps to create that space. So I think that often the content that you produce, if it's very different from what you're doing elsewhere, can help you develop that voice slash brand and to be and to think about what you're doing there like what is the purpose of that in obscene ideas case it's it's obvious like it's that that the social media for obscene ideas is there to support that project in its entirety um and that kind of dictates the voice and so i think in some ways if you have if you're building a project like that that is easier because it it kind of manifests its own voice by the content that you create i mean i don't know you've got you've got more i guess like uh ovens like (laughs) more pokers in the oven than so in the sense of like your own kind of projects because and i mean like i know smart lancer is something that started with you and then we've kind of that's kind of grown into something between us but you have your more of your own you know, you've got Kayla and then you've got Loving BDSM and then now the, the Kinkery too. So I think you probably have more experience in that where it's your own personal thing but a separate project yeah. than I do. And the, you've, you've hit on several things that I'm, I'm over here just nodding along with you because you are absolutely right. The, the thing you're making dictates the voice. Also, there's some intentionality to it. So let's stick with the obscene ideas example why because we want to see how many times we can say obscene ideas until you finally just fucking follow us on social media and go to our website whatever it's fine the specific to obscene ideas and some of this will shift and change as that site and those products develop develop so let's take the immediate part our whole thing is we help writers who want to write, people looking for ideas. It's a prompt workbook. So we're talking about how to blog. We're talking about, you know, we're happy to go on on Twitter and cheer people on when they're like, I'm going to write this. I'm going to start Nano. I'm going to do this. Like, yes, because the total thing is we're helping writers write. We're helping content creators create. Yes, yes, yes. But our very first release is all about erotic fiction. So the current... Uh, angle of that voice. I I 
think I might have been the first one to do it for us on Twitter, and then you followed, and now we just both do it. We'll go through who we're following, and if somebody we're following is talking about some fictitious smut they're about to write, we're going to be there to encourage them as obscene ideas. Not because we Mm -hmm. have sold them the idea. That's not even like, if they buy our book, that's great. But because the point is, we're about encouraging writers to write, smutty writers to write smut. And our initial launch is about erotic fiction. So when our next launch is about, uh, we still don't know what the topic of the next one is. Don't ask. By the time this episode comes out, we might know, but maybe not. Whatever that topic is, we're going to still encourage, you know, erotica because, yeah. but then we're going to encourage but, but it would, this other. Sure, it's going to develop that. Exactly. And so then the voice is still us. It is an element of us. That is not the case for every um, brand, social media, you know, social media brand. Some create very distinct voices, partly because there's a sort of maybe a corporate element, partly because the the owners or the founders are no longer directly involved in the day-to-day so they're not tweeting it's you know it's not them it's a a brand that has some separation Uh between the brand and the people who run the brand but for right now all of these things are small enough that they're us so and and for most people listening if it is your third twitter account for your project you're going to have that experience too of it gets to still be some element of you, but it is an element of you with a purpose. What are you ultimately uh-huh. trying to do? Uh-huh. Um, Smutlancer, I don't tweet there other than the stuff I schedule or the um, you know promoting new blog posts. Um, I don't tweet there as often as I would like. That is a hazard if you have not figured it out yet of having multiple accounts. It is hard to keep up with them. Um, but when I tweet for Smutlancer, uh, that's more of a personal kind of tweet. I specifically tweet about the Smutlancing life. Is it the anxiety of having too much to do so that you do nothing? I will tweet about that. Is it the, I'm working on these ideas, but this other bright, shiny idea just tapped me on the shoulder? Like, I'm going to tweet about that because... That doesn't sound like no, you at all. not at all. I, I cannot tell you how many <laughs> sticky notes I have with ideas just jotted down. Because I can't Never. look at them right now because we're finishing stuff up and then got to start new stuff. But, um, and so it is still an element of myself and I will sign some of those uh-huh. tweets with a KL so you know it's me, but it is yeah. with it. There's a purpose to it. So when I tweet there, there is a purpose. Now the one Twitter account I would say that I fall down on the most for this And it's not that there's not a voice. It's that I'm just not as present there as I could be. It's actually the Loving BDSM account. Because the Loving BDSM account is the two of us. But we Mm -hmm. do not... I don't spend enough time there like retweeting good educators or getting involved in those conversations. And that is probably for me my weakest area because it is... Loving BDSM is John Brownstone and myself. It is an extension of our um, our personal brands into its own separate thing. Mm-hmm. It is us together at this point. I cannot imagine it existing without both of us. It can't. It can never go back to just being me. That will not work. Um, I don't want it to. That's why I say it won't. Um, but what do I have to say on Twitter that I haven't already said in two hundred and forty podcast episodes? And a yeah. hundred and some odd videos. 
what am I gonna say there and then put that on Twitter? And I personally have not found my way there. So right now I'm using that Twitter to just sort of tell you what's going on. Like we have a stream coming up, here's a blog post, yeah. here's an episode. And it's very much a, um, a way to amplify and notify. It's not a get into the weeds with us and have conversations. Cause I have too many places where sure. I can do that. Mm-hmm. That are and only so many hours. In there's the day. also that. So that is another thing I would say when you're trying to figure out how to keep a voice or figure out your voice or maintain a voice. Also think of the purpose. Like I want loving BDSM uh-huh. to be a little bit more conversational, interactive, but uh, I'm that way in so many other loving BDSM spaces. I yeah. don't have it to give in Twitter. So I'm using Twitter yeah. To amplify, I'm using Twitter to notify. Um, I yeah. will respond to notifications if somebody talks to us and says, "I loved this episode" or "I have a question." Sure. I'll use it for that. And I think it is not—it's not a great way to grow on Twitter, but I do think it's a legitimate use of Twitter as a brand. You don't uh-huh. have to be super personal, super fun. We cannot all be. Is it the Arby's account? Is it the Wendy's account? Who is the sassy, like, international brand? There's a couple of them that on Twitter, they're just like, like, we can't all be that. And we should not all be striving to be that. It is okay Uh if this particular platform is just where you house information that your followers will want to know and create a space for them to easily at you and talk to you. Like that's a legitimate use of that. And so like Instagram, Loving BDSM, I tried so hard to make the Loving BDSM Instagram very much about our content and informational and tips and tricks and memes. And I didn't enjoy that and I couldn't maintain that. But what I can do, and this is a thing we get a lot of engagement on, on that particular Instagram, selfies of me and JB or parts of our life like that drives engagement because it's an element that mm-hmm. our audience enjoys seeing. Um, mm-hmm. And so what we do on Instagram does not drive Instagram's growth. It's what we do in all of the other spaces that gets people over to us on Instagram. So I don't drive growth on my multiple Instagram accounts just for the sake of growth. I use every other platform and then encourage people to go connect with us there in those spaces. But my main platforms, YouTube, website, podcast, whatever, are where you're going to get direct engagement. And so then therefore, I feel a lot less pressure to turn the social media aspect into the place where you can talk to me versus the Kayla Lord's Twitter. When I was super active on Twitter, it was the best place to talk to me because my blog post, yeah, I would respond to comments, but that was never immediate. That was never real topical. That was whatever the, the blog post was about. It wasn't like about a thing that everybody on the internet's talking about. So the the other thing to think about when you're talking about maintaining these different voices is getting very clear about what you want the social media presence to do. Is it your place to interact with people, to grow an audience, to encourage sales, to encourage questions, to obscene ideas and the smut answers? Those spaces are very much places we're trying to create engagement for people to talk to us so that we can talk back so that we can answer questions and be, you know, a more personable brand on social media. Uh, Our personal social media is exactly that. It's us. It's who we are. But I have finally come to terms with that there are some social media 
accounts that are not that. I'm not trying to increase growth there for growth's sake. I'm using other platforms to drive growth there. And so then I feel like I have, I can post different things there that only make sense to the people who, in this case, followed us on the Loving BDSM Instagram because they like us and know us already and they just want this extra bit of touch or they follow us on Twitter because mm-hmm. they know that's a good place to get a reminder about a thing or to let us know when they like a, an episode or something that's faster. It's it, That is a thing to think about. What is it you're trying to do with these things and then get really intentional. And the word usage only matters if you have that kind of brand guide, the brand, like maybe you're working with a client and they've told you we avoid these words, we concentrate on those words, we say these kinds of things, we don't say those kinds of things. That's very prescriptive and it's very outlined and follow the rules for the client, offer suggestions when you see that there's room for that. But for your own, when you're just trying to figure out your own stuff, um, figure out what you want to accomplish in that space, Mm -hmm. figure out who you're trying to reach in that space and then create a tweet or post a thing on Instagram or whatever that sort of stays in line with that broadly or very narrowly, depending on what you're, what you're trying to do. Um, So that's what I would say about voices and figuring out a brand's voice and um, actually using it and keeping them as different separate entities. Anything Mm -hmm. you would add to that particular point? No, I can't. I like. I feel like we've we've done okay. it. I'm gonna that bit. Go ahead. Go on. <laughs> you would think we would not do this to one another. We're looking at each other on Skype as we record this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the thing I was gonna say is maybe we can make a couple points about once you figured out the brand voice is how to stay in that voice, especially if you're having a day where you're switching from account to account to account. Yeah, okay. So that, I mean, okay. You have the look on your face. It's like, wow, I too would like to know how to do that. (laughs) Yeah, well, no. So some of the, like, tricks that I employ, and so this comes particularly for client Mm -hmm. stuff, is that I tend to sit down and schedule a block of stuff wherever that's going. Um, And... I find the best way to do that is to sit down and be like, right, this is two hours or three, whatever the time period, let's just say two hours. Um, and I try to write a week's worth of that content um, and schedule it all up. That stuff just kind of goes out. I don't need to sit and write those posts every day. I can sit down and write that as a block. And so that is very helpful because it's like, okay, this is this time for this thing and so you can kind of submerse yourself in that environment in the content that they've created and that depends i mean obviously depends what the company is doing but if they're creating lots of content for you then they're leaving it somewhere you can go into that space and be like right i download all these pictures or whatever videos whatever they're making um and then you can build your words content whatever around potentially the assets they've made for you to use 
you of course might be making assets for them that might have been why they hired you in which case that's you know that would be part of that process so you would go and build that stuff and then have it all in one place i suspect if that's what you were doing kayla's nodding you would go and build that all have it all in one place and then sit down and write the content around the assets that you've built um so blocking off that time and working in a block for that client I can't imagine doing that any other way because otherwise you'd just be constantly bitting around and that's when you get into a fiddle, both in the sense of making mistakes, which I think we'll come on to in a minute, like how do you stop yourself from tweeting, you know, your own personal stuff as a brand or blah, 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 we'll come to that. But so segmenting your workflow um, helps, I think, with concentrating on that like brand voice and what you're doing. It gets a little trickier if your job is also, excuse me, monitoring their accounts, which it nearly always is if you're doing that, because that is all stuff you have to do on the fly because you can't sit down and go, okay, well, on Wednesday afternoons, I reply to all the tweets because clearly their company's going to be going, um, people are waiting six days for you to do it, reply to them. Um, and that's not how that works. Like they, they've employed you to be there on call to a certain extent depending on the like the size of the team and whatever so that's a little bit trickier because that stuff like I mean I've certainly been all over the place doing all kinds of things whilst responding to as a company um because I'm essentially kind of doing that 24 7 apart from when I'm in bed and stuff like that so I will look at my quickly look at my phone before I go to bed to make sure that there's nothing arisen that needs a reply um you know all those things I will check all those accounts that I manage and run on Christmas day um multiple times to make sure that no like shit is hitting the fan or you know that people haven't got a question it's even more important if your company that you're working for is running something thing so for example if they're in the midst of a sale or a promotion you're probably going to need to be more doing that more because people are going to be tweeting going oh i can't get the code to work or well i tried to buy this thing and i can't seem to get it with the discount or i can't so many so many 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 potential questions that you get um and so those times can be much busier where you're like okay this is going to be a mad week because they're running this sale I know it's going to be full on all week. That can be harder because you're dipping in and out. And so I think you just have to be really mindful of who you're, who you're being, for want of a better word, in those moments. I wish I had like, I wish I said like, oh, here, I've written a guide to this. Boom, follow this guide, you'll be fine. Because um, clearly, oh, that's my phone making a noise. Excellent. Um You'd have thought as a semi-professional podcaster here now, I'd have learned to turn the sound off on my phone. Um, yeah, I wish I had like a five-step guide to how to get that bit right. Um, experience and doing it. And I will say, have building a longer-term relationship with clients. So if somebody hires you, like, the, trust me, if somebody hires you for social media... And whatever hours they say they want, assume in those first two or three months, you are going to end up doing more because 
that's harder, takes longer. You have to concentrate more to get the answer right. The longer you work for a company, the much easier it is because you've encountered all the questions before a hundred times. You know all the answers. You know the standard response. You know how to direct people to the right information, to the right place where they need help. And so as time goes on, it gets it does get easier. And I think it gets easier with experience. I agree. The um, the only thing I would add, and this is it does it's dependent on how you have negotiated your social media management with clients. Mm-hmm. When I negotiated the two accounts that I manage, it's one client, but two accounts, it works, it's fine. I was very specific because part of that conversation was, am I customer service on social media or is this about Mm -hmm. amplifying content? Like what's the purpose here? So that's Mm -hmm. a question you ask when you're either right when you're starting the negotiation process or once you get in there, like what, what is it that I'm doing? They did not want me to be customer service. They want their customer service to get routed through a very specific channel. That was great. So in that point I negotiated Here's how often I'm going to check these spaces. Here's when you can expect me to do it. Here's when I will not be doing it. So what that did was that allowed the company to then make sure they have another system. In this case, in both cases, um, the owner has access to like the Twitter accounts. And so he dips in every so often and they know that their social media manager is not there on the weekends. I'm not there. Like I'll take, it's been almost two years, but yes, sometimes I do take quote vacations from work and I give them that notice that, okay, this week I will not be checking this. You will need to have somebody else. Those are acceptable things. Those are things you can negotiate Uh from the very beginning. Those are things you can Uh come back later and negotiate if necessary. Um, Being able to do that um, means understanding what it is they want from you. And if they want higher touch, then you negotiate for more pay because that's valuable. Um, The other thing that I know that I have done, and I do this not for clients because that is a very specific way of managing their social media, but I do it for like our projects. I actually segment my day so that under normal Mm -hmm. circumstances, I check, let's see, obscene ideas, the kinkery, um, smut answers, whatever. I'm guaranteed Monday through Friday to check probably twice a day. I'll go in and dip in. Uh, you can tell when I'm procrastinating if I'm talking to you on social media in the mm-hmm. middle of a day, because that's just me not wanting to do my work. Thanks. Um, but yes, during uh, high traffic, you know, expectations, we're doing a sale, we're doing a pre-sale, we're doing this, we're doing that. Right. Exactly. I'm living in there because yeah, I want to jump on stuff when it happens. Um, but I, in general, under normal times when there's nothing major going on, I segment my day so that I don't have to live in the social media management of even my own projects so I can get other shit done. So my um, first thing I do when I sit down on a a work day uh, at my computer is I cycle through checking all my social media accounts, Mm -hmm. minus clients because they have their own dedicated time in a day. Um, So I go through all the personal projects. I'm like, okay, who's talking, who's tweeting, who's asked a question, whatever, blah, 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 blah. And that's just a check-in to make sure everything's running like I should be there. I don't know, there's no fires to put out. And then middle of the day when I need a break, maybe right around lunchtime, I'm going to do that sweep again. And then I try to, at the end of my day, 
do another sweep through. Um, and I do, I segment it out and I do it kind of, I've gotten into a routine of a certain order. So my, I've taught myself to switch from this account to this account to this account because I just sort of click in order. It's, I didn't do that purposefully. It just mm-hmm. happened that way. I'm very routine driven. It's just how I am. Um, and that helps me know that one, this is my time to be in the social media space beyond my personal, mm-hmm. I just want to tweet this random thing that came to mind. Um, and also because I've created that routine, my head kind of knows how to switch between them. Okay, I'm looking at Smut Lancers now. What's important here? Okay, I'm in Loving BDSM. What's important here? Um, right. And it is a training yourself. It's an experience thing. Um, one yeah. of the other things I use to stay within a brand's voice as I am shifting are the tools that we use. And we're going to we're gonna go into that as well. Uh-huh. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention, some of the, the things you're talking about doing for managing um, clients... Uh, I'm actually doing to manage some of our own projects. So I sit down, I try to do it on like a Thursday or Friday. The past two weeks, it's been like on the weekend, but whatever, it's fine. I'm not, I'm not mad. Um, I sit down and right now I'm quote in charge of uh, getting Instagram posts onto Instagram for obscene ideas. Um, I sit down and I block all of that out as time to do it. And what that allows me yeah. to do is just like Molly said, I'm in that headspace. Also, Mm -hmm. it allows me to be consistent and to be, again, we go back to intentionality, to be very intentional about what are we posting this week? So Obscene Ideas, in the first week while we were doing pre-orders, every other day we were, the post was a promotional thing of, hey, go pre-order. The second week uh, when we were live, it was like every three days. And now we're on to, I'm, I'm scheduling out Instagram posts for obscene ideas where one post is absolutely a hey go buy our shit and the rest is the intention of what are we trying to do as a brand and what are we trying to do on instagram and so you'll see different things there's memes there's questions there's we do something called smutty mad libs at obscene ideas on instagram if you're interested we do different things and so i schedule that all as a block because that time that it takes me. And that is absolutely also that you have to go create the assets to then post them doing that for obscene ideas too, but they're there. And then I'm doing it all at once so I can immerse myself in the voice. If I know that I have to do it for another project, I try to take a break between it. If I can to get that clear delineation between I was just in the obscene ideas mindset. Now I need to go be in the kinkery mindset. Now I need to go be in the Mm -hmm. smart Lancer mindset. Um, So blocking that out, even for your own stuff, the more you can schedule ahead of time, the better, because what it means is when something does kind of happen off the cuff and you're like, that would be really funny to tweet or post or whatever to whichever social media thing you're trying to manage you don't one have the guilt of oh god is this the first time i've tweeted anything in two weeks you know whatever and two it adds to and enhances what you're already doing within the brand voice it personalizes all of it so that then Mm -hmm. you add another layer to who that voice is who that brand is that you're you're building for yourself or you're managing or whatever so i think from there i'd like to go into tools um you and i use some some tools are vastly different some are very similar like we you know Mm -hmm. there's multiple things to use um these i would say for me these the tools i use are what helps me keep it separate and helps eliminate mistakes but mostly helps me 
immerse myself into a voice. You, we were talking about our tools before we recorded, so there's some overlap for both of us, but I just wanted to go with that. So, yep. Molly, you start. What are some of the tools you use to manage multiple social media accounts? So I mostly use, um, for Twitter, I mostly use um, something called Tweetin, um, which is similar to TweetDeck, but I much prefer it. Um, so it's a kind of app that runs on my desktop. So it's not in my browser. Um, and I have all of the accounts there and they're all got their own separate columns. And as a result, it's a rather large situation. Um, but I have mastered it to make it my bitch um so that it works really well for me now like it's my preferred uh environment there it does have some cool little features my one particular one that i love um if you are doing client work in particular is that you can switch on a feature where you basically have to confirm that you want to tweet. So it makes you be doubly sure you're tweeting from the correct account. So you write your tweet, da 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 potentially upload a picture, schedule your tweet. You can't then just press tweet or schedule or whatever. You ha- There's another step that they've put in where basically you have to confirm that you definitely want to do this. Um, and I found that very, very useful with clients because that extra little step makes you just hesitate for that briefest of second where you click that button because you then quickly read over it and be like, yes, I am tweeting from the right account and it's not mad. Um, unless it's meant to be mad. They may have paid for mad. That's fine. Um, um, and so that's a really helpful, useful little tool in that situation and actually how i've used it is i have it switched on for some and off for others so it delineates between the two but that just works for me and my brain you can make it work for you um i I like that ecosystem it works for me um but it might not work for others i also like it because you can have it all black and otherwise i suffer terribly with the too much white light in my eyes um that's a minor little part of it. So there's that. Um, Instagram, of course, is the trickiest of tricky bastards. Um, and mostly you can't use clients to post directly to Instagram. I know that your buffer is an exception, right? Um, I actually do You post for my clients directly to Instagram. Um, oh, you mean for like an Instagram kind of thing. Yes. Buffer is an exception under very specific rules, but I actually post directly to Instagram on behalf of my clients. I don't use buffer for them. Okay. So, and that's, so Instagram are really, um, they don't want to share their, um, interface in that way, allowing posting from a client, from a third party client. They, have mostly turned that off like you mostly can't do it buffer is one of the places that you can but lots of the others you can't they want you to use the actual app um to do it that instagram want to force you into the app and keep you in there that's their whole um thing is that they want to 
They don't want you, like, so that's why they don't have linking out, really. Even when you click on a link that works in Instagram, you don't actually leave Instagram. You're, it's framed within Instagram. They, they actually pull the content into Instagram, um, which is why then there is usually that button, if you look, that says, like, you know, open this in Chrome or whatever you're, you know, if you're on an iPhone, I'm sure it's something different. Um, but actually, essentially, you're still held in Instagram. You, you don't actually go away. And if you close that window, you're back in Instagram. So they're very clever. Um, they don't want you to be wandering off to somewhere else. They want to keep you in their world. Um, and so all the Instagram stuff I do, I do in the app on my phone. Now you can have five Instagram accounts on in one app Although for reasons we've yet to establish, a certain person on this call seems to have managed to squeak in an extra. Shh, don't tell Instagram because they'll probably shut her off. <laughs> yep. um, but uh, officially you're allowed to have five. Currently I believe I'm up to four. Um, clearly issues arise if you are running Instagram for yourself, a couple of projects you run, and three clients what is the solution then there must be one i have yet to discover it i I, any thoughts there that for me is where buffer then comes in but right and it's the only the problem is you can't then even yeah but then a lot of that you can't see the feed properly right you can post post to it and i can't i'm not i can't remember i don't have buffer pulled up right in front of me they let you see interaction, I believe, but you can't yeah. then go yeah. into the feed and maybe do some liking uh, and commenting on right, behalf. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, and so another platform that I have used for one of my clients because they set it up and that's how they wanted me to do, and I did various social media platforms from there, but Instagram won't allow that platform to post directly to Instagram, so it wasn't usable for that, but for everything else, for Facebook and Twitter, uh, was a platform called Sociality, um, which actually I found quite useful because it meant when I was in that um, in that space, in Sociality, I could only do their stuff because only their accounts were linked. And so, again, it reduces that risk of accidentally tweeting as someone else blah 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 because only their stuff was in that ecosystem so you can only operate on their behalf the downside of that platform sociality for example with twitter is that you can only see interactions so you can't just see your feed so if you want to go through the feed if you're if your client likes you to go through the feed and perhaps find retweet people who are they want to support or find interesting stuff that you can um, tweet on their behalf or just talk back to people to get involved in conversations you can't do that from sociality because it doesn't show you the feed so there's limitations there so with every job i've had and have i find it's necessary to use more than one space because a lot of the clients that allow you to do stuff like sociality like buffer um are very useful, I think, in the scheduling, in the writing, in like in your doing that stuff. Scheduling stuff is really, really good. Like Sociality had this whole calendar, so you can map it all out. You know when you've done which day. It's all there, really visual. And also it gives you loads of analytics too, which was cool. Um, 
But the one thing you can't do is like interact very well unless somebody interacts with you. You can like answer DMs and answer app mentions, but that's it. Um, so it was still necessary to have those clients accessible in some other way where I could see that other stuff. Um, and in this case, I use tweeting for all those things. But um, yeah. It's all stuff you kind of learn and get new and find new things and yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yep. So, uh, <laughs> fu- uh, nobody's shocked. I agree with Molly and also I use different tools. So, uh, one of, we've already mentioned Buffer. Buffer is my favorite. Buffer, uh, you're not getting anything without paying for it these days. Buffer used to have a free mm-hmm. option. They no longer, they only do free trials now. Even their monthly option. Uh, I when I first signed up, I was paying ten dollars a month. Now the lowest option is fifteen a month. Uh, we pay for the big boy account now. Um, I don't know why I always say big boy account. Can it be the big girl account? I, the big ass account. That's what it is. It's the big one. Okay. Um, so and I get a lot more features, and it is it's not paying for itself directly in that. You know, I we make direct income from the tweets I send out through Buffer. It's not a, a one-to-one pay for itself, but it saves me so much time that it then becomes absolutely worth it. Um, and I'm and that for me is how partly how I keep it all separate because Buffer is all the projects, all my personal brand, my my client stuff is in its own ecosystem. I keep that separate. So as long as I'm creating content in Buffer and posting it to buffer uh i can't i might jack up and you know put an obscene ideas thing on a smart lancer thing but that's not the end of the world i own that Mm -hmm. i can delete move on nobody's mad um so part of that is he's absolutely creating like separate ecosystems i actually have gone super old school with keeping things separate so i have buffer for scheduling stuff so i can get into that mindset part and um last count i am attached in some way to eight Instagram accounts because two are client, six are mine. If I didn't have my second personal account, I would be, it would be one less, but anyway. Um, And so I've got some workarounds that I have sort of figured out for trying to just check things and see things. One is yes, I use Buffer for all of my stuff. If my name is personally attached to it, it's on my Buffer because I pay to have all those features so that that works. Right. The other thing is the tools I use for clients. So two things I do. One, I convinced, and I was grateful I did. I don't think every smart lancer who hears our voice can run out and purchase this because I, you and I have decided we are not going to pay for this either. We do use a tool called CoSchedule. CoSchedule works within yeah. like your WordPress blog, and you can actually schedule social media posts for a blog post within the WordPress dashboard and then have it auto go out so for creating you're in a space that's actually in the blog and it's like it's a great it's so expensive y'all oh my god it's so fucking i'm not paying for it it's so expensive <laughs> i want to but we do kind of want, want it. it um but <laughs> it's too expensive for us. but that is if you've let's say you're working with a client and they're like i will purchase the tools you need to make this job easier those are the kinds mm-hmm. of tools you want to look for co-schedule is one there are others but that gives you an ecosystem to at least create the content to run those social media platforms for their content on their behalf. 
So that's a great thing. Technically, CoSchedule can integrate with Buffer to auto post to Instagram through CoSchedule because Buffer is the middle point there, but that's very complicated. I don't have any experience with it. We're not talking about that today. Uh, to be able to auto post to Instagram, you need Buffer and you need it to be a business Instagram account connected to a Facebook page, not profile. Buffer mm-hmm. actually no longer supports personal Instagram accounts. I think I'm grandfathered oh. in under my original one because, because you because started, started there, yeah. but they so they don't cut them out, but they won't add right. new ones, and they won't auto post yeah. or any of that. Um, there are lots of tools yeah. that don't auto post. CoSchedule doesn't auto post, but it will send you a notification because you download the app to your phone to say, "Hey, it's time to post this. Go, you know, use our interface to post directly to, in- to Instagram." So you still have to do the interaction and go in and know that you're in the right account and know that you've done the right thing. Sure. Which is why I like Buffer because I check that when I'm creating the content and then I don't have to think about it again. Um, The other thing I do that's super old school though is I actually use the social media accounts in the browser. Instagram is, Instagram, you cannot post from a web browser, Instagram.com. They won't let you do that, Mm -hmm. fine. I don't care about that because I have the tools for that. But what I can do is I can go into Instagram.com slash obscene ideas and I can scroll through the feed and I can like things, I can comment, I can reply to comments on our posts that Buffer popped up on Instagram for me. So I don't have obscene ideas Instagram on my Instagram app because I have run out of space, but I still have access to it in order to be able to check it. Yes, it's an extra step, but because I've created it as part of a routine of checking the social media sites, It's just another thing Mm -hmm. I click on. The other thing I do, and I didn't do this for the social media aspect, and it's not a tool. I'm used to using what's available, um, but it helps with the social media. It helps with if you've got multiple things going, like I can imagine Smutlancers out there, you have your your Smutlancing sex thing, then you have your vanilla thing under your legal name, and then maybe you have some client work, and you've got three things, and you're like, how do I keep all these separate? I use multiple browsers. Chrome, I don't know about any of the others because I just use Chrome. For everything I do, The Kinkery, John Brownstone's new shop, thekinkery.com, by the way, um, it's got its own Chrome browser. Plays little jingle. (laughs) Yeah, plays little jingle. Um, It's got its, I use a browser for that and everything I need for Kinkery is open there. Now, am I a person who has nine browsers and each browser has 20 tabs open? Yes, yes, I am one of those people. I have one for obscene ideas. I have one for Smutlancer. I have one, I have two separate ones, one for each client whose social media and blog I manage. I have one for Loving BDSM and then I have one for Kayla Lords. That's a lot <laughs> of browsers to have open, but Chrome uh-huh. actually makes it really easy to keep straight. And that's also part of my routine. I click through each one. I check them in their own spaces in their own ecosystem, I know when I'm looking at this browser, I'm looking at Obscene Ideas. Okay, we are in Obscene Ideas world right now. Do the Obscene Ideas things. Ta-da. But I absolutely use the basic, basic tools that are already there that we don't think of because we do think of these things as being apps on our phones and we use our phones to check them. So therefore we use our phones to post them. And it doesn't have to be that way because you can schedule stuff in Twitter, directly in Twitter. I don't like to do that very often, but I have done it. You can schedule stuff directly in Facebook. Again, 
I don't like to do it, but I can't, if, if one of my outside tools goes down, like if buffer went down tomorrow for maintenance, I can mm-hmm. still go schedule things. Um, yeah. And that's a good point with, with clients is that you should potentially know how to do that. If your method of access, if that was a problem, um, you know, you should think about what happens Do you, you know, should you have that on your phone so that you can still dip in out or potential access through a browser mm-hmm. browser has especially instagram especially once they added more functionality the browser became super helpful to me because i have the tool where i schedule it and then i have the tool where i can check it to the ability i need to check it um i wish i could do that with client work and take um what am i trying to call it take the client instagram accounts off my phone because then mm-hmm. I could put all of my stuff on my phone and keep my clients completely separate and out of my phone. But we use store, I create stories for my clients. And so that the buffer kind of lets you do that a little bit as a scheduling thing, but you don't get the full functionality and I need the full functionality. So I have to do that from my phone. Um, and you, so you can only do store, you can't do stories do- on the, in the, in the, you can't browser. Do in the browser you can see stories you cannot create them and you yeah. can create and schedule stories through buffer and it will auto post for you unless you want to mm-hmm. use one of the special elements like you want to use polls or questions oh uh, yeah 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 okay yeah, and then yeah, you, yeah, yeah. it will remind you you'll have everything prepped but you have to still go in and manually add it to your stories um so yeah it really is in the case of the tools it's about juggling what do you need access to what do you only need access to sometimes and what can you find that will make your job easier i highly recommend if you are working with a client who is willing to pay you to manage their social media and they are willing to give some budget to making your job easier doing some research and finding tools specific to making it easier. Maybe you get the client Mm -hmm. to pay for a basic buffer account because a basic buffer account of $15 a month, um, if you do the monthly and not the annual, um, gives you good access. You just only get limited access. You you probably can only Mm -hmm. do one client and their social media through the basic buffer account. But that if they've got a Facebook page and an Instagram business Instagram account, you then have full functionality of buffer. They're paying for it. You've just made your job easier. And then you just create your system for how you monitor those things. If that's part of your job, Uh Um, if you're doing it for yourself, then that's when you start finding workarounds and you start figuring out what can I, if I don't have the budget, what can I do on the cheap and don't discount the browser version of these social media platforms. We don't always have to be, mm-hmm. I, weirdly, I did not go that route because I was trying to separate everything. I mean, I kind of was, I was actually trying to be on my phone less and have a clear delineation between work time and personal time. And if all my client social media was on my phone, then there was either the temptation to go in or the mm-hmm. access to. Whereas, and I didn't want that. Mm-hmm. I wanted it. To, I wanted to be, I, I'm still like the one thing I can't get rid of is the client Instagram stuff. Cause I need the phone app for that. Mm-hmm. But if I could, I would, I would, I would go old school with browser stuff. So 
You don't have to pay for all the tools. If you are doing it for client social media management, encourage them to pay for tools, do a little bit of research, give them pricing, Mm -hmm. um, tell them that it will make you better at what you do, point out the analytics that they'll get access to that is harder. It's available through the platforms, but it's just not always as good to look at, easy to look at that you can, you know, show them the analytics and give them that information and blah, 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 blah. Um, and let, let your client pay for those tools. And then you go find your free, cheap, easy options for yourself until you have the budget to buy mm-hmm. your own tools. Um, so yeah, tweeting, I'm going to go back through the list. Molly talked about tweeting and sociality, uh, buffer and co-schedule are the two main tools I use. Then, like I said, don't be afraid to use, uh, the social media platforms through the browser. Um, multiple mm-hmm. browsers, totally an option. It, that has saved my life. JB thinks I'm the weirdest human being because uh, when I go into Chrome browser and I click on it, it gives me this list of which which person I want to go look at. And it's a list of like eight, eight, nine. I can't, I don't have count anymore. Multiples. And I just switch between them, but it creates that line in my head. So I know where I'm at, who I'm supposed to be, who I'm talking to. Mm-hmm. So those are the tools. And we'll link to all these tools in the show notes. Let's end on either the mistakes we've made managing multiple social media accounts or the the near misses, the moments, like the times I have absolutely come really close to putting my, my boobs on a business uh, a Twitter account. It's totally almost, I've been very fortunate that it was an almost and I caught it. But yes, I have come close. Molly, what, what kind of what kind of experiences have you had? So I have to say, all the mistakes I have made, I think, up to this point, is actually been the best way around because I've tweeted as the client as me. Uh, so instead of tweeting on theirs, I've tweeted their stuff on my mm-hmm. account, which is clearly the least awful thing. Um and and like seen that really straight away and like deleted it um so that i have definitely done um i have yet to do the other way i have certainly come close to it and that's why i put on the little extra doohickey thing in tweeting because it really has like it makes it so much harder to do it's like it's just like somebody going are you sure every time um it just pauses you just in long enough to double check that you're not sending it from the wrong place um so those have been like the nearest of near misses um the other mistakes i have made and these aren't terrible mistakes but i have scheduled stuff um and then for reasons of insanity and probably being too tired, um, realised that I've scheduled it for like three weeks away <laughs> uh, when it was meant to go out on like whatever. And then suddenly like that's how I've had that. And then it's like appeared and I'm like, huh? and then I realised that somehow I scheduled it instead of for like the second of the month that I scheduled it for the 22nd <laughs> of the month. And like it's appeared three weeks later. It, again, it's not an error that is fatal. I, I don't know what the word is. It, it's not a, a tragic error. It's just one of those ones where you go, huh, <laughs> interesting. Um, yes, well, as it's now, you know, especially if you were like tweeting about, I don't know, 
like if you were tweeting about Halloween and it suddenly appears on the 10th of November, <laughs> you, you might be like, oh, who, who got missed that? Um, so like little mistakes like that are really easy to do. And I think that, um, yeah, you've just got to, you have to kind of pay attention. And I think as Kayla said, um, separating your worlds out. So when you're dealing with X person, client, whatever, you're in an ecosystem that you associate with them can be super, super helpful to eradicate those errors completely. Um, one of the things I would suggest doing is thinking about and potentially if you are the kind of person who would write a document potentially perhaps writing a document a kind of workflow document about what you would do in those situations if you make those mistakes and so you have uh, something because the likelihood is if you do make that mistake you're going to be in a panic um and so you might not be thinking straight and so if you've written out the steps that you would take to eliminate your error i think that can be super helpful because clearly before you deal with any repercussions the first thing you want to do is remove the mistake i suspect um and so think about what you will do in those situations and how you would deal with it um and i also think it does help depending on relationships with clients. So some of my clients would probably just laugh at me. <laughs> and that's nice to have that relationship with them because they would go, ha, ha. Uh, but clearly that's not the case with all. And so um, I think as with all mistakes, one of the things is to, if you make a mistake like that, is to go and to, to, where it has an impact of some sort, um is to fess up and say to the say to the company that I accidentally tweeted this on da 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 I have removed it but I'm just letting you know and this was the case of it and da 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 I think it's probably far better to use that approach than to try to cover it up and not say anything and then they find out I think that's probably potentially going to lead to a much more negative relationship um than you going to them and going so this is what happened and I fixed it because uh, the likelihood is they're going to go, oh, okay, like we've all been there. Um, and so I think that would be my professional advice in that situation um, to say, oh, I made the mistake here. Um, and again, to have that conversation with them beforehand, perhaps not like, oh, well, what if I, you know, tweet my tits out accidentally? That probably, But to certainly have the conversation with them about what is the protocol, what do they want to do if something gets tweeted that creates a kickback let's say for want of a better word and so that's definitely happened to me working for a client and I tweeted something which I had done my due diligence, due diligence on and I thought was some one thing and actually then pointed out to me by somebody else who saw it that actually what I had tweeted was written by somebody who had a problematic history with regards to trans rights issues. Um, and I removed that, but as a result, there was a, um, actually not, not a kickback from the trans community, but actually from, um, how can we say this politely? Um, um, from maybe, we could maybe call them TERFs maybe you that might be a word that you use um to about the 
the that conversation um where someone had pointed out this was a problem um and so i you know screen capped all that stuff and sh- and said to the company this is just so you know this is what is happening right now this is the situation da, 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 da. and they were like oh okay well the, you know those people we we stand with the trans community was basically their their response and so they were like we're not that bothered about actually upsetting people who are anti-trans um but i still made sure that they were aware that this was happening kind of on their twitter account and that they were drawn into it so having those conversations as well up front like in that situation what would you want me to do who should i contact to alert that there is a problem who like those kinds of things as i said at the beginning having that system in place if that hasn't been stipulated i would say is super important to say in the event of a fire (laughs) what is the exit procedure essentially and that i would say you should have that conversation with your client when you take on that gig and you should expect them to have a something in place a sensible answer and if they don't then i would say to them well uh, i would like to have to develop some procedure with you so that i know absolutely and don't be afraid if if the the client looks at you and it, or you know comes back and is completely blanket uh, we never thought about it what isn't twitter the kindest mm-hmm. place ever um yeah don't be afraid to come back with your own ideas of how you think to deal it with be it. handled yeah. i mean the i think the reality that many of us who go from being a person who consumes twitter as an individual to people who use twitter on behalf of brands either our own or for a client is you absolutely start to understand that it is just imperfect people at a keyboard and some some brands are problematic obviously but sometimes it's just mm-hmm mistakes that anybody could have made and it's you know on some brands it's a certain uh, naivete that they're not even thinking about well what am i going to do if things go wrong and they don't think about it until the very first twitter storm hits them and then they're scrambling and then they make sometimes really not great decisions because they're panicking and if you can come in Uh as the professional and go hey here are some things to consider if something happens, here are some things I would suggest, you know, here's some things I'm willing to do. Um, you know, I, I, that helps you create that relationship. It also protects you in the future. It doesn't protect you from the mistake and it certainly doesn't protect you from the anger that is Twitter. Um, but it gives you a framework and a, a guidebook to follow when things happen. Some of which will be mistakes that are honest mistakes, just human error some of which are you you know tone deaf things that you thought meant one thing i did that one time i was tweeting on behalf of a a client and the way i read what i tweeted i inferred the intention of the tweeter and went the original person who wrote the tweet went oh okay yeah let me retweet that but because i was retweeting that on behalf of a brand the people who viewed that tweet did not go into this is what the original person's intentions were. They uh, read it as sort of negative or not nefarious, but slightly negative intentions from a brand. And it was, y'all, I'm not gonna lie. I'm a very anxious person. It was terrifying. I was, I've never, I was standing in a CVS 
trying to get uh i think jb needed like he had like uh, the he needed uh he medicine and we were trying to like see a doctor and i'm standing there and he's like can you help me sign in and i'm like no twitter is mad at my client because of something i tweeted just be (laughs) sniffly over there while i sweat through my clothes and fix this and it is you know for me it was that first experience of knowing that my intentions were good but that I had a blind spot and could not see Uh how that tweet could or would be interpreted meant I then had to go in and fix it, which it was an immediate, nothing is so important to me. I can't delete a damn tweet. Let's just move on and apologize and take it the fuck down because it's not worth the argument that's Uh going to happen. Um, And then, yeah, I turned around. I told the client, I'm like, hey, I tweeted a thing that I read one way. People clearly took another way. I've removed it. Everything seems to be calm, um, but I'm just letting you know. And it, two things happened. One, it blew over. The client just shrugged because he he recognized that I understood more about that than he did. And he was like, okay, that sounds fine to me. You didn't do anything that I wouldn't have probably done. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, you would have argued because I know who you are. <laughs> you would have argued. And that was pointless. And then I think I actually, I don't know if it helped the brand, but it made me the person feel better. Um, the response from the people who pointed it out, I think they were gearing up for a fight or from resistance from a brand of somebody pushing back. And all I said Mm -hmm. as on behalf of the brand, as the brand was, oh, wow, I did not take it that way. I didn't read it that way, but I, that's fine. I have now removed it. And then I sent a separate tweet as the brand and said, we tweeted a thing that we did not see the way it could have been taken. And it was taken badly we have since removed it and i actually got a tweet back from the first person who'd been upset and they were surprised that a brand just fixed it and didn't fight and if you are managing the social media on behalf of a brand i would say unless it is something that is about the brand's ethos it is something that is super important to who the brand is uh go with the path of least resistance of take the fucking thing down apologize do better next time that's gonna help you uh, help your your job as a person who's managing social media on behalf of a brand it's ultimately gonna help the brand and if you can take that information back to the client and go we tweeted this thing this is the pushback here's how i think we can do this better i don't one i'm not tweeting that kind of thing again and two here's what i think we can do to improve so we don't have this kind of pushback most most people, most of the clients, what they want is for people to like them on fucking Twitter or on Instagram or on Facebook. Mm-hmm. They don't want to start a fight. Every once in a while, you'll get somebody who gets real fired up about being right more than than anything else. And my philosophy, and I've carried this into a lot of things, is I can be right or I can be happy. And quite frankly, I would prefer happy. And if the path of least resistance is to go, oh, shit, I that was not meant to say that thing that you've interpreted, but okay, I, I'm not going to argue, take it down, apologize, don't do it again. And it makes for a better social media experience overall, but I'm not going to lie to you that I have absolutely had moments of real panic when I thought that something I have created and put out there because I thought, no, this is fine. This is fine because we all have our biases and we all have blind spots and we all have you know, ways of looking at the world that are not as fully informed as we would like. And uh, eventually you're going to say something that is unknowingly, unwittingly 
problematic and you probably do you might be doing it on behalf of a brand and you know what's the what's the way out um so yeah okay i went on a rant sorry um so your mistakes can be the oops my i, I tweeted to the wrong account and my boobs are now up before i deleted them my bad they can also be i thought i was wording a thing this way that's not how it came across it's not for me it's the question comes is it worth the fight is this about my ethics morals or values sure worth the fight is this i thought i was doing a thing and it came out badly and it's not worth the fight mm -hmm. you know especially when you're doing it on behalf of a brand that, a brand that either you're building or a brand you're managing for somebody else those are the the keys there i think um want to get into fights on your personal account go for it it's not it's not my thing i would like to avoid it personally but that's different even when you are your personal brand that's yeah um so and let me be clear i'm not saying that a brand can't stand up and say something yes if you stand up and say something and it fits within your ethics morals values as a brand as a company as a human fight for what's right but when you misspeak and you've just upset somebody that that was not your intention and you can, you know, that's what I'm talking about. So let's be very clear mm -hmm. there. Um, I think we have, we were so funny before we started recording. We said, oh, this will probably be a quick one. We lied to ourselves. Part of it is mm -hmm. because the social media aspect, that's a, we've talked about social media in like three or four past episodes and they're all over an hour long. Social media is massive. As a smart <laughs> And we haven't, like, the, even yeah. this, we've kind of zoomed in some ways. You could do, on every six section mm -hmm. of this, like, a, a class on it. Like, it's so, and even then you won't. It's yeah. so much. And most so of what much. you're going to learn, two things. One. We haven't talked about repurposing yeah. content. We haven't, like, none of that across different yeah, social media outlets. That. And that, there's so much we could still go and, on about. Most, most of what you're going to learn, you're going to learn through experience. And then once you think you yeah. know it, uh, the platform is going to change an algorithm. It's going to change a function. It's going to add a yeah. feature. And then you're going to have to learn all over again. Um, social media yeah. management, I am enjoying. And sh I, I, should I even like, of course, then there's the w a words that we haven't even spoken mm. yet. Oh, TikTok. No, no, I'm too. I know I'm too old for TikTok. It's fine. It's fine. No, it's gonna happen. I know I, you're bullshitting yourself, Kayla Lords. I know Here's you. Here's how you get me on TikTok. You, you, uh -huh. and I mean the universe. You, the universe uh -huh. increases the income on every other Kayla Lords project, <laughs> so that I do no client work at all, and I can devote the hours of time it's going to take me to figure out fucking TikTok. I just. Like, I, I have that brain now that goes, my brain's not as elastic as it once was. And it goes, but how do they get the words on the screen? And how do they get it all in in under a minute? Have you even downloaded no. it? <laughs> I'm so old. <laughs> I'm not old, but I'm so old. <laughs> so, listeners, prediction, God. it will happen. If I it can figure happen. out how it, Shit, it, it builds builds brand, like build feeds into one of the current things. Yeah, it probably will. I'm not going to lie. I'm not gonna lie. Um, yeah. So yeah, we will continue to have 
conversations here and there about social media aspects of social media be prepared they're just always gonna be long episodes because there's a lot to say there's a lot of nuance we did not even cover all of the nuance this was specifically on you're running multiples of an account twitter instagram facebook whatever doesn't matter um i didn't even get into like pinterest which doesn't have a voice in in a word way it has a voice in the image way like y'all there's Mm -hmm. so much um and YouTube. Oh, God. And, and I, That's essentially oh, another definitely. one. And I, uh, when we have our next planning call, there's some things on my mind. <laughs> if you could see my face now, listeners, one might call it a suspicious we face. We have to sell a lot more copies of uh, Obscene Ideas prompt books, just saying. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's a lot. And, uh, you know, I think what... Um, I might be willing to do going into 2021 is create a blog post series to break these things down for the written word so people can go back to them and refer back to them. Sure. Um, and if we ever get off our butts and do courses, then maybe there will be a, a, a social media course of sorts. Um, just saying. Uh-huh. Um, I need somebody else to teach me TikTok, though, just so you know. Anyway, okay, we have rambled because now we're at that point and we're exhausted and we did the thing. Um, this was a long one. Um, come come back to Yeah, it wasn't meant to be. No, it wasn't. We, we should have known better. Come back to it as you need to. Listen to it in chunks. Okay. What's funny is I say this at the end when you're already at the end. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'll put that in the show uh-huh. notes. Listen to this one in chunks. Um, we will um, have show notes so that you can get to links to things that we talked about. Um, if this brings up more questions for you, feel free to reach out to us. There's a contact page through the Smell Answer site. You can reach us on the social medias. You can email us. Like, if you know how, to, if you can find us, you can reach us and contact us and ask questions. Um, and we will, you know, answer that in the way that we can. Um, and yeah, maybe we just need to do more, more content specific to social media. Uh, it would be a very long running series, I think. So that's it. That's it for us. Next week, we'll be back with a mailbag episode, and then we're on our lonesome for a couple weeks, and then we come back again, and blah, blah, blah. I'm pre-warning everybody now. We are taking the last two weeks of the year off, the week with Christmas, the week of New Year's, because, damn it, we all deserve a break. And so um, there will be nothing going on. Like, everything is just going to go super quiet that week on across everything I can make it go quiet on. Um so that's coming, but we're still in November. Holy shit, 2020, what a fucking year. What the fuck? Um, that's it for us. We will be back next week. Bye, y'all. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Smut Lancer podcast. If you like what you just heard, please leave a review on your favorite podcast app and check out the blog, past episodes, and other great information at thesmutlancer.com. You can follow the Smut Lancer on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. It's at the Smut Lancer in all three places. Or follow Eroticon on Twitter or Instagram at Eroticon UK, all one word, Eroticon UK. For more tips, tricks, and help from your fellow Smutlancers, join us at patreon.com slash thesmutlancers. Thanks for listening. Let's do this again next week. Mm-hmm.